we've done this once before um and it was when uh, Wayne Rooney did a U-turn the day after we recorded a lengthy podcast about United's future without Wayne Rooney in 2011. Oh, always uh, said Rooney was a nice chap. <laughs> then we did uh, we did an emergency thing that was only released on our Twitter feed when we signed Robin Van Persie. Um, and I, I remember recording something about David Moyes pretty quickly after it happened, but I think that was scheduled. It's a glorious day for our people, Ed. Yeah, um, I interrupted your intro to the pod there, but, you know, f*** it. That's fine. Who cares? Um, so, if you haven't listened to the show that we recorded yesterday and you're here for some Liverpool analysis, uh, you can listen to that if you want. That will be in your feeds too. Um, now completely out of date. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of it was about how United are not going to sack Jose Mourinho. It was. I posted that this morning at about, uh, what, 8.30, and by 9.30, he was gone. <laughs> Very inf- Well, how long's the podcast? That's all I'm saying. Hi, Ed. You all right? Not you, Ed. <laughs> that Ed. Yeah, I'm not was, sure that spineless <laughs> actually listens to our show, but if he does, well done. I was, um, I was about to say sorry for all the things we've called you, but then I realised I'm not. Um... So, so were you dancing on Mourinho's grave? Yeah. That, that's what this podcast is all about. I yeah. wish I'd brought some maracas, you know? Be bears. <laughs> yes. Uh, honestly, couldn't have happened to a nicer fella, could it? Oh, God. What a cloud has been lifted. I mean, everyone was warned. We warned. You we, did, we warned. especially. You everyone did especially. warned. Bobby Charlton warned. We'd seen it at Real Madrid. We'd seen it at Chelsea. This guy uh, engages in scorched earth, uh, and it all comes crashing down. And... At United, uh, with players, some of whom have got big egos, some of whom haven't got big enough egos, uh, some of whom who aren't quite good enough, he wasn't able to pull that together into anything that resembled a coherent team who's been at the club two and a half years, hasn't managed to build a team with any kind of identity at all in that time. And uh, he, he fully deserves the sack. I, I have to say I'm surprised. I didn't think that Woodward would have the guts to do it. I didn't think he would release the money, and especially it came out yesterday. It's going to cost the United £24 million to sack Mourinho. It would cost them £18 million to sack them after failing for failing to qualify for the Champions League. So uh, I thought, hmm, God, we're going to be stuck with Mourinho for another season. But he's pulled the trigger. And, and I think, you know, given how much we hammer him, in fact, we, I think I said on the show yesterday... Um, the the thing that the worst thing he's doing at the moment is not sacking Mourinho. He does actually deserve some credit, uh, you know, just in terms of the action, not the person or the, or the structure or whatever. But the there's no doubt this is the right thing to do. You could argue it's a, a few weeks too late, but I'm not sure that makes the most telling difference. And my question for you, Ed, um, which is something I've been thinking about for the last um, hour, because. It's only been, well, 90 minutes, let's say, is why is now the time they did it? Well, I don't know, actually. I mean, maybe they've made a calculation that 11 points behind the Champions League places and the cost in terms of the contractual fallout with Adidas and others that are tied to being in the Champions League and other sponsorship contracts um, was is way higher than the £24 million they're paying Mourinho. Uh, so maybe it's out of desperation, much like a club in the relegation zone desperate to make a change just because a change is 
desperately needed. Maybe it's that. Maybe Woodward's looking down and not up because we're closer to the relegation places than we are to the, the top of the league at the moment. Funnily enough, I'm writing something at the moment about United's um, relegation season. Uh, the, the the thing about that argument, which which I've been thinking about today, is just that um, it's extremely unlikely we're going to qualify for the Champions League this season either way, because we've got a substantial points gap to make up against... And, and it's not like... You know, when you're in the relegation zone you can be pretty sure that the teams above you are going to lose games because they're the ones that are scrapping just above the relegation zone. So if you if you turn your form around in December and you're in the relegation zone, you've got a very good chance of closing gaps on teams above you. But realistically, um, have we not already dropped too many points this season to make a realistic um, charge for the for the? For the fourth place Probably, spot. yeah. I mean, 11 points is an awful lot to catch up halfway into the season. Awful lot. We'd have to have a massive turnaround, and normally you don't get there. I mean, of course there were times that Fergie drove United towards the title, uh, being you know, famously against Newcastle. I think United were, what, 10 or 12 points behind at that stage? But when, you, when you're a team in poor form, it doesn't normally switch around. We'll, we'll see. I mean, maybe there will be such a weight lifted now. Maybe... It'll happen. We'll see whether the players have some pride. Because they, they also, you know, as much as I'm dancing on Mourinho's grave and I'm, uh, you know, of the general opinion that Mourinho's brought all of it on himself, including some of the poor performances from the players, they have to take some responsibility. Now, Mourinho gone, if they continue to perform poorly in United's results and style and performances are also poor, then that will tell us something about the players as well. So... Uh, will Pogba be freed up? Will some of the others who who seem inhibited be freed up as well and start putting in some great performances and, and maybe United can give it a shot? It seems a long shot, you know. I think form is often, gra- you know, deeply grained in when, when um, teams start the season so badly and this is United's worst start since 1990. But maybe not. A cloud has been lifted. Yeah, and absolutely. And it's going to be fascinating to see what comes next in terms of the the impact of that cloud being lifted. And we'll talk a lot about what comes next um, in the second half of the show. I guess we have to talk about where it's all gone wrong for Mourinho. And I think the key inflection point, in my opinion, was the second summer of his tenure I heard this from I can't remember where this was not original thought of my own I heard it somewhere and I can't remember where but it resonated and I thought yeah that is really good analysis because in his first summer in charge got some big name players in got to play we actually played some pretty good stuff at periods in that in that first season and there was a definite lift and of course it ended in Stockholm but that second summer the signing of Nemanja Matic uh, maybe even the signing of Lukaku, even though we were 4-0, 4-0 FC for the first 10 games of the season. Um, it sowed the seeds, I think. Yeah, um, I, I, I guess so. I mean, he got... what did he? Who did he bring in the second summer? He brought in Lindelof yeah. and... Lukaku and Lukaku Matic. And Matic. And he didn't bring in Perisic. Yeah, and and of course that was one he wanted. I'm not sure that would have made a transformational difference in United's 
outside. I mean, Perisic is a good player, but he's quite a one-dimensional player. Would that have transformed everything? Maybe it has transformed Mourinho's outlook. Mm. I mean, the, I mean, maybe that's the pivot. Of course, the the thing that made him go off, you know, off the edge and start um, enacting scorched earth, which is what he does everywhere, to be honest. But, uh, you know, when he really sort of cranked that up was in this summer, just gone, his third summer, uh, when he was obviously told he wasn't going to be given the £75 million that Spurs were demanding for Toby Alderweireld. And he was negative from the beginning. I mean, I remember talking about it. I remember talking about how Mourinho had had created a cr- cloud over the squad in the summer with the players in the United States, and it transformed onto the pitch. Yeah. A- sure. Absolutely. You know, he he decided he behaved like a petulant child who hadn't got what he wanted. I mean, for all the absolute vitriol that Mourinho has managed to crank up about Paul Pogba and I'm watching my United feed now and... Uh, there's an awful lot of people who've bought into this narrative that Pogba is the virus and he's caused all the problems, much as Mourinho managed to do with Ike Casillas at Real Madrid and Eden Hazard at Chelsea. Um, you know, it was Mourinho who created that negativity. It wasn't Pogba. It wasn't any of the other players. I mean, they might not be performing, um, but week in, week out, he picked on players, he called them out, he he behaved like the child... Uh, when he didn't get the players he wanted. And instead of being a manager who tried to work with what he's got and get the best out of them, he has created a side that is far less than some of its parts. I mean, we talked in the pod that we've just released today um, about there not being a order of magnitude difference between the quality of players Liverpool have and United have. I mean, after all, we finished above them last season, and who do they add? A couple of midfielders this summer? You know, there isn't. The difference is the manager. You know, Mourinho's rightly got the boot because he has destroyed the confidence of so many players. And the thing I can almost not forgive, apart from all the drama that we knew was going to come with Mourinho, two and a half years, and I have no idea how this team plays. No. And that's th- these are the most damning things. So uh, the, the stuff which is around taste, you know, what kind of football do you like? What kind of manager's personality do you like? You know, do you like Mourinho's abrasiveness? Do you do you think that the the even falling out with the players is kind of worth it because of what he brings? You know, none of that. Never mind any of that. And do you care about the style of football? No, never mind any of that. We have Mourinho's teams. His good teams have always had an incredibly solid identity, incredibly solid. And actually, I did think when he signed when he came along that we really needed some of that you know we really needed some of the kind of players who would want run through walls for a manager some of that kind of fight had gone out of us under Van Gaal it was all very flat and I thought a bit of that fire would actually be really helpful and I I do think it kind of was for one season although we did finish sixth of course but I do think as we've talked about before if we're going to preach underlying numbers to criticise him, we should probably look at the underlying numbers there and say they do him a bit more justice. But but right, now... yeah, but, but, but I, I mean, look, I, I, I buy the, the United Needs some Mad Dogs. I mean, the greatest Fergie side had Keane uh, in, in the middle of the pitch, you know, and then Barton Ince before that and, uh, and Robson, who's more than just a grafter. But uh, as all of those players were... And absolutely needed some of that. But what Mourinho had in this squad 
was talent. Pogba, Martial, Lukaku, Rashford, Lingard, bags matter, bags and bags and bags of creative talent. And he sucked the creativity out of them all. I mean, at Liverpool, at the weekend, it's, it was unforgivable. I didn't want to talk about Liverpool because we just did an hour on Liverpool. But it was just so desperately negative. And, and the thing is, with Mourinho, if you swap the managers round and Klopp was United manager and Mourinho was Liverpool manager, the pattern of the play would have been completely the other way round, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, and we're not going to have that anymore, I hope so. Unless Carrick has been learning from Mourinho these last six months. And I was just the the kind of point that I was making really was only that um, that it that I thought we needed some of that fire around the club in general. I'm not I'm not saying I buy into the Mourinho idea that we need more Mad Dogs and that that's the problem. I, I'm saying there was something at the time where I don't think it was the worst appointment in a lot of ways. Um, but but what's happened, regardless of what you, what you like or don't like about football. Is just that it's rubbish now. That's just absolutely rubbish, and that he's playing Scott McTominay in a back three against West Ham, and he's gone. He's playing a back three against Liverpool, a back five against Liverpool, giving up on it at half time and bringing Fellaini. You know, it was pathetic. We talked like, oh, that was pathetic. But here are some other key mistakes that I think have happened over the years. I think uh, the dropping of Pogba around the Sevilla game and the way that was handled, and just the way he's handled Pogba thoroughly. Um, I actually. I know perfectly reasonable people who think that Pogba's behaved not great too. And that's fine, sure. But but the way Mourinho's handled Pogba's been an absolute disgrace from not quite start to finish, but certainly from last season through. Just very public, always so public, always so um, deliberately. And, yeah. Del- deliberately, this wasn't by accident. This exactly. is deliberate. Mourinho created a narrative. This was a smokescreen to hide the fact that he was failing. He picked on Pogba. And and that is a completely separate thing from whether we got out of Pogba everything we want because he's not the Pogba that played for France in the World Cup for most of the time. Often, he is, and people pick on him anyway because Mourinho's created a narrative around Pogba that he is the... The uh, he is the virus. He is the one that's causing all United's problems. And I see it now. You know, Twitter feed is full of people absolutely triggered. Gammons, a lot of them, as you said. Uh, you know, triggered by the fact that Pogba has posted a uh, somewhat cheeky Instagram post and, and pulled it off, which he shouldn't have done. You know, so this is a fresh start for everyone. Uh, and I, you know, I for one can't wait. This is day zero, as uh, Jeff Bezos likes to say. Uh, we can start again, but you know, and I, I think we should talk about this a little bit. Where United go from here, because another manager in Mourinho's place will only solve solve one problem. And let's um, let's and the club has definitely got more than one problem. Yeah, and let's let's go through some of the other things that have got Mourinho the sack, and then you know move on to that. I think that uh, another key inflection point in his United career was um, the arrival of Alexis Sanchez in. January. Oh, of what this a year. disaster of a signing that was. Yeah. And and the the good things that were happening at the beginning of last season, where we had, you know, we you in particular were very critical of Mourinho for turning Martial and Rashford into a job share. Um but actually 
uh, it was a great job share, as you would expect with two players who should definitely be in the first team. Um, they they were remarkably effective, and if the right one don't get you, the left one will. We were, you know, it was it was it was super fun to watch them. There was uh, the Viva Ronaldo chant was repurposed for Martial and Rashford. Martial and Rashford running down the wing, all that. Um, that was brilliant. And then when Sanchez came. It just killed all of that momentum and Martial's form only recovered thanks to Jose Mourinho's brilliant man management, apparently, <laughs> according to him, uh, this this year. Um, but yeah, that was that was disastrous. And I, and I think in a lot of ways, that's one of the things that's done for Mourinho because because there was some sort of hope bubbling uh, before that happened. And of course, it was after that that Sevilla happened. Um, and and Sevilla was Sevilla was definitely a turning point for me in in my hope of whether this is going to be something that works out or not. Yeah, uh, and look, there is hope that things will work out post Mourinho. I mean, I mean, I mean under Mourinho, that was a turning point for me. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm not sure I ever had any real hope uh, about Mourinho because you know, I guess we always knew what we would get. The, the best that it could be is winning some trophies. And he did manage to win some trophies. I mean, cup trophies, playing a certain kind of football. I mean, I went all the way out to Sweden with a whole bunch of United fans uh, and we played long ball football in that cup final. It was miserable, apart from the win. <laughs> and that's, but that's Mourinho. That's Mourinho. And uh, may, maybe, maybe Woodward is wiser than... We thought, I mean, I don't think he's that wise, mm. uh, but uh, maybe he's worked out that United are no nearer to getting to any trophies. I mean, you, you, I have to say, were much more, I, I was much more, you've been proved correct by the passage of time, basically. Uh, the whole of the first season, I was arguing that there'd been quite a lot of progress and you were arguing that there'd been very little progress and it turned out that you were right. <laughs> um, so, you know, there we go. That's us. Well, another one. Um, I've always got Paul Le Guin in my back pocket, Ed, if I need it. <laughs> situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, no, I, I'm claiming no credit for judgment on managers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Sanchez, I, I, I guess I interrupted and didn't really finish the thought there. But, um, I mean, it's been an absolute disaster of a signing. I wonder whether he'll be unlocked now. I mean, because it's not like he was a bad player at Arsenal. He was a very good player. Uh, one who's never, ever, ever found his feet at United. And maybe he never will. Uh, and maybe United will just have to take that financial hit. Uh, but maybe in a in a team that, that plays some you know, flowing, attacking football, if, if we can get there, whether it's under Carrick or whoever comes in next as a permanent manager, um, maybe he'll find his feet because then United have got a big asset. Now, I didn't mention him when, when I listed the attacking players that we have at the club uh did i i almost forgot he existed but so many great attacking players and and some who are just a touch off elite level you know i i think lukaku's a touch off elite level lingard's a touch off elite level uh but rashford and martial definitely have the talent to get there sanchez has been there Mata has been there at times in his career you know these are players that uh, could and should give more and I really hope that I'm proven right that a new manager will unlock all of that and not the uh, the Twitterati uh, who think it's all the players' fault. You know, let's 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 really hope so. So um, I think if you want a catalogue of all the things that we think about why the Mourinho that we haven't mentioned about why we think Mourinho has gone wrong over the years, I think 
pretty much everyone's heard us report on this week by week, especially over the last 18 months as things have got worse and worse and worse. So it's time to talk about the future. And um, what we know is, um, oh, first of all, Gary Neville's had a pop at Paul Pogba, and that will that will give plenty of credence to the people that um, believe that... Uh, that Gary Neville knows all and uh, and contains the spirit of the club and that he's infallible and that doesn't ignore people when they come to him saying uh, there's a problem and why am I being treated like this? And then two years later, call it out publicly so he looks good when actually he looks terrible. Anyway, that's a slight side note. Um, Mourinho is going to be replaced by Michael Carrick, but only for 48 hours or so. Then United are going to bring in an external um, manager till the end of the season and then uh, appoint a uh, a full-time manager uh, in the summer. So that is... That's a that's quite labyrinthine, and it kind of in a way it's like oh what else they're really putting some work in. It's really kind of costing them more than money to sack Mourinho. They're going to have to do a lot of thinking. So who've they got lined up? Well, um, you've got to assume that that Pochettino's in the mix. I mean, as as Mohamed Butt um, of Squawker, I was talking to him just before we started recording, and he said. The fact that they're doing it this way means that you can effectively rule out as long-term manager Laurent Blanc, Zinedine Zidane and Antonio Conte because they're the sort of probably the highest profile managers who are available right now because if the plan was to give any of them the job, you just give them the job now. Um, and I'm talking about long-term future. And given what we know about Woodward's uh, taste for Pochettino, you'd think that they'll be moving heaven and earth to get him in. And they should. Yeah. And they should. And and it shouldn't. And and Pochettino is a manager who's used to working under a uh, under a different type of structure. And I really desperately hope, given that Woodward has picked three managers and got three failures now, um, that something is learnt here, and that United do some restructuring. And this director of football, which Woodward thinks he is, does actually come in. And Pochettino is well used to working in that in that environment. That would be the right one, but they've got to give him the platform. So I, what I wonder is who on earth is going to be the person that comes in? Because because we can we can we've got six months probably. Well, yeah, five months at least to talk about who the actual manager is going to be next year. Who on earth is going to be the person that they bring in? Well, let's think of some uh, managers out of. Uh out of contract at the moment who who are not those high-profile ones. So well, who did you roll out? Conte, Zidane and Blanc. Yeah. Arsene Wenger's available. <laughs> yeah, I think that's been... I think that has actually been officially ruled out somewhere. I saw it on the BBC News that he was listed as one of the people that it's not going to be, along with the Neville brothers and Paul Scholes. Leonardo Jardim, anyone... uh, you know, sacked at Monaco after some uh, pretty awful results. Although, Yeah, I mean, that's... They didn't have any players fit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's why he was sacked, really, was it? Um, the, I mean, Jardim would be a reasonable yeah, voice he, in the conversation. Does he speak any of, English? To know, maybe maybe that's why they haven't given him the job yet. He's going to spend five months in uh, doing Duolingo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know whether he's uh, the right man for the long. Has he ever had a really big job? I mean, has Pochettino? No, no, but he's a one on the up, isn't he? I mean, isn't Jardim? 
Jardim did Jardim did one of the most incredible I mean Jardim he, uh, he's a younger he is you know true true he is young I mean he's had an absolute stinker at Monaco has he? Well, I mean, this seems like a very weird analysis of Jardim's Monaco career that he's had an absolute stinker. He had player after player after player sold out from under him and not replaced and wasn't able to sustain the true, massive true, overperformance. True. All right, all right, I'll correct myself. <laughs> he's had a stinker in the last six months of Monaco. <laughs> yeah, but um, of the kind that would be kind of hard to blame him for as well. You said something earlier. You said Woodward's appointed three failures as United manager, which I think is inarguably true but you know Van Gaal won the FA Cup Mourinho won the Europa League and the League Cup really what we've seen is a complete failure to compete in the league and then Mourinho yeah. came second last year although you can't yeah, really but, call that competing there was, in the there, league there was never a competition there yeah no, no five seasons since Ferguson retired uh, nowhere close to the title in those five seasons uh, 700 million pounds spent in the transfer market I, I think for United, the size of United and the ambitions, that is failure. Yeah. I mean, there's no way they appointed any of those managers thinking that, yeah, good run at the top four and a couple of cup cup competitions here and there. Yeah, and then, by the way, I gave it the, the big talk about United's underlying numbers in the first season, but actually they scored... Um, three goals fewer than their XG across the whole course of the season and uh, ended up with, like, less than two expected points fewer than they mm. should have got. So it's probably not, probably, you know, anyway. Um, but but I, we, do need a, we do need a big appointment and, and they need to let it know, be known that this is coming because we have some really big players. Yeah. You know, well, especially David De Gea out of contract. Need, yeah, you know, that is that is a seventy-five million pound purchase. I mean, given how much Kepa costs Chelsea, United need to replace him. Yeah, and and he's he's just unreplaceable anyway because that's how much Kepa costs Chelsea and Allison costs practically that much. But neither of them are David de Gea. You know, <laughs> he's he's a you're taking a quality drop and spending seventy-five million pounds. So um, Martial's contract was extended. I mean, the, the extension was triggered. Um, to 2020, De Gea's in contract till 2020. Um, this is this is going to be. If you were De Gea, you might not even take a punt on the next manager anyway, because you might say, "Listen, I've done this twice now. I'm I'm not prepared to do it again in the hope that it works out this time." So that that's, I think that's a conversation that's still ongoing. Don't think this guarantees him staying by any stretch. Um, yeah, plays out of contract this summer. Young Valencia, who I guess we'd both happily lose. Mata, Damian, one of which we'd happily lose. De Gea, yeah. but they'll trigger the one-year extension. Herrera, they'll trigger the one-year extension. Phil Jones, new five-year contract coming up. <laughs> maybe not now. You know, maybe not. Although Chris Morling, I don't think that was related to Jose Mourinho. I, you know, we would just tried to talk about who it could possibly be um, that's going to come in. One of the things that seems possible is, given it's only between now and the end of the season, um, it could be an international manager. Could be someone who's managing a national team right now. Give it to Giggsy. Well, yes, I'm not saying we should, but I'm saying it is absolutely possible that we will. He's obviously known to the hierarchy at United. He's done the job before on an interim basis. This is not me saying I think it should be him. I'm saying this is why I don't think it's ridiculous that the... The Wales job is not going to occupy all that much of his time between now and the summer. Um, he'd give it to Gareth Southgate. 
think that's somewhat <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> I think he might be like, uh, no, I don't really want to be United assistant caretaker manager, thanks. Yeah. And, and so why do you think Carrick is not being given the job for a few months? I mean, perhaps, perhaps he said he doesn't want it. Um, perhaps might, he said might be sensible, yeah. yeah. Yeah, job too big, too yeah. soon. Um, and perhaps they don't want to put someone, they don't want to give a, a learner driver the keys to a Formula One car or whatever the Fergie quote is. Um, it, yeah, it, but, you know, Mourinho is a milk van driver given the keys to a Formula One car. Listen, Jose Mourinho is, as you have pointed out yourself on several occasions, a multiple-time Champions League winner and, you know, one of the most successful football managers in history. Yeah, I, I Just, believe the quote was about Gianluca Vialli taking over at Chelsea all those years ago. Ah, yes. He did an all right job, didn't he, actually? He did an all right job. Yeah. did an all right job. And, and there have been plenty of examples of first-time managers doing well. I mean, Pep Guardiola at Barcelona. Although, that was special circumstances. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure he can yes. take all the credit, although he's obviously... Uh, a manager, highly talented at uh, working with elite players. <laughs> oh, yeah, unlike, I was going to say. You know, unlike so Jose like, Mourinho. He can't take all the credit as if, like... I mean, obviously, he can't take all the credit, but it's not like he's done badly since he left there, is it? Maybe we get him until the end. Of, give him, you know, give him a chance to manage the good team in Manchester oh, for exactly. You, you know, he can actually show something, you know. Prove all the doubts is <laughs> wrong. Uh, bring Dr Fuentes along with him. <laughs> um, I, I don't... I mean, so I, I guess it would be a surprise if it was Ryan Giggs, but that wouldn't be maybe that much of a surprise. Um, I think that would... I think I think who, almost whoever it is, their job is just to keep the squad motivated and upbeat. But if you're going to do this thing of um, giving it to someone who isn't in the running for the job long term then there's two options, I think. it's One is an international manager who wouldn't want to leave their current job, and the other is a much older manager who isn't really looking for a long-term role but might step in to kind of just, you know, have one last hurrah. So, like, a really, really successful older person who might, you know, say have retired a few years ago and just be looking for something to do with their time, who maybe they, they're bored of horse races and fine wine, and I their health had I bit... don't think Wenger's into horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so David McConnell... McConnell? David McConnell <laughs> at the uh, Mirror and, and the Daily Mail both calling Blanc at the moment. I'm not sure I'd be that excited about that, given he's got you know a bit of a problem with racism and I think pretty pragmatic as a manager as well. Not exactly one to set the, the pulses racing. Um, I could just about cope if it was for six months. Maybe. <laughs> just about. Anyway, we're not going to dance on the grave of the next manager just yet until uh, he comes uh, in. Uh, and we'll give him, um, like, half a game. If it is if it is Laurent Blanc, never mind about the style of football. Never mind about the football at all. I just think, um, given... I mean, God... The, the myopia of appointing Laurent Blanc, the, just the classic, you know, oh, yeah, OK, let's have a real dialogue about racism in football. And especially, it's, oh, sorry, absolutely furiously angry for a second. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it hasn't happened it, yet, so let's not, get angry. let's not howl at the wind. And, it, uh, it, especially when what we're talking about is 
how the subtle and insipid underlying prejudice at the heart of racism and the way um, black players and black people are categorised and talked about to for Man United then to give the job to a person who talked about black players in the way that Laurent Blanc did. I mean, uh, I guess we'll see when it when it happens. But yeah, that that would be hard to take. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be like a thing that most people are like, oh yeah, that wasn't very good, really. But you know, he apologised and da da da. But you know, well, these well, let's see. Not not no, no, um not guaranteed. Maybe United will have greater vision than that. <laughs> not saying it's likely but maybe yeah. anyway well that's it he's gone he's yeah. done he's finished um i have to say i was feeling massively negative when we recorded this podcast <laughs> yesterday uh, and i'm feeling somewhat better right now yeah absolutely so, so don't on that by you know bringing your lauren blanc negativity <laughs> listen it's hard to have it's difficult to have nice things on it so um uh, we'll enjoy the 48 hours in which Michael Carrick is Manchester United. And that's quite a nice thought, I think. Right now, right now, Michael Carrick is the Man United manager. Yeah, uh, until until uh, Ed Woodward appoints himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Carrick now, let's hope it's not blown for the rest of the season, but I guess it will be. Um, or I guess that that seems very likely anyway if the journalists are going big. Although, you know, I did feel sorry for old Jamie Jackson. Um, friend of the show, of course, he's been on been on the been on our podcast, was got totally ex- owned by the briefing department last night, didn't he? Yeah, it's just horrible. Like, cause it was his byline that it all went out on. Um uh the kind of business as usual for now, no plans to sack Mourinho. And just think, oh, God, someone's told him that yesterday. Someone that he at least believes enough to run the story. And then they've absolutely done a number on him the next day. Cause... Unusual because, I, you know, I, I kind of was hoping, to be honest, maybe this is the vindictive streak, but I didn't want Jose Mourinho to just be sacked. I kind of wanted him to be humiliated, like his team have been humiliating the fans for two and a half years. Uh, maybe not two and a half years, maybe a year and a half, because I yeah. think in that in that first year, you know, we won two trophies, and you know, there were times when we played some pretty. Fun what I wanted and... was him to be told that if he wanted to keep his job, he had to take the microphone in hand in United's next home game and apologise to the fans, yeah. and then Woodward to run out onto the pitch and say, "You're fired, get out of here," <laughs> Vince McMahon style. Um, I. I don't know where we go from here. Um, it's going it's, to be... It's a long road back to the top. It really yeah. is. And it is, it's going to have to take not just a new manager because that definitely is, you know, sticking plaster on an axe wound. It is going to need... You know, it needs structural change. I mean, every other top club in Europe has a different structure than United's. Yeah. We believe that the fiefdom would work. Moyes, Van Gaal, Mourinho all have their faults but they all have their faults with and the structure didn't support them. And, and you know, I think I've been saying for a while what United are going to need more than anything else to get back to the top, um, assuming that the the people running things at the very highest level don't suddenly have an epiphany and a road to Damascus kind of uh, realisation about everything that they've done and are doing wrong, 
is to get really lucky and appoint a manager who can um who can actually be a sort of 2018 Fergie surrogate really um and I think that's a very very tall order because <laughs> there's not very many of them in the world no. um we don't we don't need a Fergie clone we need we need to modernize yeah. as a club yeah but anyway, uh, trends in my current Twitter timeline: Mourinho, four hundred six thousand tweets; Jose, four hundred twelve thousand tweets; Pogba, seventy seven thousand tweets; Carrick, twenty two thousand; Poch, only twelve; Wenger, twelve; Jesus, Zidane, <laughs> twenty four; and mean, Mark Hughes, one thousand two hundred seventy two tweets. Can you imagine how funny it would be if Arsene Wenger became Man United's caretaker manager till the end of the season? Can you? That would be. I, I, just would be the most beautiful, hilarious thing. Um, but obviously that's not going to happen. Zlatan, right, you... get Zlatan back. They've talked about it should be someone that knows the, the kind of ethos of the club. Get Zlatan in to become and be the, the uh, temporary caretaker manager till the end of the season. Stranger things have happened. All right, well, next time we record a podcast, I guess we'll know who it's going to be and we'll do some analysis on that. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I want your predictions, though, Ed, before before we go. Who's going to be the temporary manager in charge of United? I've no idea, but people are saying Laurent Blanc, so it could be him. Yeah, all right, so I guess that's the... I'd, I'd rather they just gave it to Carrick for six months, to be honest. Yeah, me too, for sure. And then, are we going Poch? Are we both going Poch yeah. for who that... Yeah, yeah 100%. He, you yeah. know, he's he, he understands uh, the Premier League. Uh, he's He's building... A really good Spurs side uh, on not huge amounts of money. Not uh, not huge. Not on, huge. On on no nothing. money. Yeah. And no money. He plays good attacking football. I'm not worried about the lack of trophies. Uh, I'm sure they will come at United. And I'm sure a United side with him and United's budget would be back challenging in the not too distant future. Uh, and you know, I, I and I think if they do appoint Poch. They're signalling that they're going to change the structure of the club too. And all that is good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, brilliant. Uh, we'll be back as promised in the last episode on the 20-somethingth of December after Christmas. Uh, right. have, a nice, have a nice Christmas, everyone. Santa came early. <laughs>